Sometimes there are events that are out of control, out of your control, that change your life forever. And she had a couple of those events that changed her life forever. The first one was becoming a mother. She never dreamed she'd become a mother. She was a slave, a servant, a non-person, property. That's what society considered her. And so although she never dreamed of being a mother, now she was pregnant and having a child. See, she became the wife of her master. And now her status had changed. She wasn't really a slave anymore. Not the way she used to be. So now she has this new status, this new value. She's a person. She has worth. And of course she always had worth. Always. But now she feels it. And now she understands it. Now she's feeling things she's never felt before. But the master's first wife, Sarah, her plan was to raise this child as her own. Not a slave's son, but Sarah's son. And so she despised that. This is the life growing in her belly. That this is her child. And who was she to say different? And with this newfound status, she began to assert herself a little bit. That caused Sarah's displeasure. Things weren't going according to plan anymore. And so Sarah mistreated her. Sarah tried to bring her back down to the level of a slave. But that's hard to do when she was the one bearing the child, the only child of Abraham. Fast forward a little bit, a number of years forward, about maybe 14 or 15 as scholars think. You fast forward and there's a second life-altering, life-changing event of which she did not have control over. She's at a party with her son, who's now 14 or 15, as we might think. But the party's not for her son. The party is for Sarah's son. The miracle baby. The one that stumped every, every medical person around. No one can believe that that child was born and is healthy and well, and this party is celebrating Him. Forgive her if she doesn't get too excited that she never experienced this kind of celebration for her son, who's also the son of Abraham. He deserved the party, right? Not this three-year-old. She has a hard time with that. Sometimes... Sometimes her attitude about the whole thing leaks out, comes out at times. Maybe she doesn't want it to come out. And her son sees that. So he's growing up understanding things are a little different in this household. Things are odd. And we're celebrating this little three-year-old boy. And so at the party, Ishmael, the son of a slave, but the son of Abraham mocks the three-year-old 
mocks the miracle baby. Sarah hears it and sends them out. Says that no slave's son will have an inheritance like her son Isaac. Now, she knows code of Hammurabi, the law of the land of the day says you can't withhold an inheritance from the son of a slave. If that son is your son, you owe them an inheritance and yet they're sent away with none. They're sent away with a little bit of food and water, not even enough to make the trip. And so she's forced to wander in the desert of Beersheba. She loves her son, but what can she do now? I invite you to turn to Genesis 21 with me. This is the story of Hagar, the story of Ishmael. Hagar, who found herself in many impossible situations, and yet I believe stands out as a good example of a mother doing what she can in the face of difficult circumstances. We'll look at verse 8 of Genesis chapter 21. The child, that's Isaac, that's Abraham and Sarah's son, grew and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, had born to Abraham, was mocking. And she said to Abraham, Get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed, distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, Do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave into a nation also, because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bowshot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And she sat there and began to sob. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said, What's the matter, Hagar? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. Oh. And so I was preparing this message, and I was thinking about, I was thinking about Hagar, and I was thinking about her crying as her son laid by a bush, and she's off to the side, can't even bear to watch, and she's crying. And my question that I post as I'm looking at the passage is, why, why is this woman crying? And it's an obvious answer, but it's one that it does us good to think about. Hagar is crying because she loves her son, but she can't do anything else for him but love him and see what happens next. 
If you're taking notes, the first one is mothers love in the face of the impossible. Mothers go through impossible circumstances, and yet they, in a noble and godly way, continue to love. And I think that's what, what Hagar was doing. I mean, she set her son down. She can do nothing else. There's no water in sight. There's nothing she can do. And so she, all she can do is go off to the side and, and sit there and cry. Because she loves him so much. And as a mother, she wants to care for him. But she cannot. It, the situation is impossible. Mothers, one of the things we ought to honor you for, there are things in every mother's life, I believe, that seem incredibly difficult. Situations outside of your control. And yet you show us love, even in the middle of what you can't control. And I think that's a wonderful and noble thing. Consider some of the things that Hagar had no control over from the passage we just read. A, in your notes, that is. Um, She, first of all, could not change her son's behavior or its consequences. Her son's choice. Her son made a choice to mock Isaac at that party. And, and, and you know, it's already tense between her and Sarah. I mean, it was always tense between them once she had that son. It was always tense. And you might think that, that having, Sarah having a child might have eased that a little bit, but it didn't. It just didn't. And it's not by Hagar's choice that she has a child. She was the servant girl. She was the slave girl. And if they say, we're going to have a son through you, that's how it's going to be. There's no choice there. And so she had a son. And her son is growing up in some of this dysfunction in Abraham's household. And he makes a choice. At this party, he's going to mock Sarah's son Isaac. Sibling rivalry to some but Sarah took it very, very seriously. And so Sarah goes to Abraham and says, you've got to send that slave woman's son away and send her away too. You notice the son's not even mentioned by name in that passage. Uh, in that particular verse, the way she says it, um, that's verse 10. Get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance of my son Isaac. I don't see Hagar's name there, and I don't see Ishmael's name there. It's that slave woman and her son. And yet earlier in Genesis, we see that Sarah gave uh, uh, Hagar to be Abraham's wife. To have a son. And so now this son is mocking. And I would say Sarah overreacts to what's going on here. And Hagar and Ishmael pay the price. Uh, Now God interestingly enough, is also in favor of this. Maybe I'll talk about that a few minutes later. We'll we'll get to God's response to all this in a minute. Um, But to say now, sometimes, moms, I know, you, you would love to think that your care and your love for your kids would cause every single one of them to make decisions that would be good and helpful and wouldn't cause themselves pain. Because you know that if they cause themselves pain, it causes you pain too, right? That's a mother's heart. That's a mother's love. We ought to honor you because you love so much that when your kids make decisions, it affects you too, doesn't it? 
That's like God, isn't it? Don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I can make God grieve by what I do? Why would God even open up his heart like that to me? Because that's what love does. It opens up your heart to other people, and her heart was wide open to her son, and so what he did affected everything. Mothers, we want to honor you today, because when you love, it opens you up to being hurt as well. But that's a godly kind of love. The second thing we see that's out of uh, uh, Hagar's control is she could not fix her relationship with Abraham. Abraham is the one who's he's disturbed that Sarah wants to send them out because this is his son and he loves his son, but God tells him to go through with it, and so he does. There's something else. God has a deeper plan here that does involve Hagar and Ishmael leaving. Ishmael's not the son of the promise. God said, you're going to have a son. Sarah's going to have a son. And it's not through Hagar. That was never the plan, even though they tried to make it the plan. And so she didn't choose to have this relationship with Abraham, but she did. And she couldn't fix it. She couldn't make things right. Some of you mothers, I know you wish you could make things right. Some of you wish you could make things right with the father of your children, and, and, and they wouldn't have anything of it. And, and you, you carry that. And we as a church ought to be honoring you because you're continuing on loving your kids and doing the best that you can even though you couldn't fix a marriage. We honor you today, mothers. Part C, the final thing you see in Hagar's life that she couldn't control. If you can pull that up. She could not provide for her child. They're in the desert. And what you want to see in the desert is one of these. It's in the picture behind me. You want to see a cistern. You want to see a well. Notice how they blend in. You, you want to see one of these. This is actually in uh, the Negev or, or, or the desert, where you know, in that area where they were at. This is the, where the picture was taken of, of these cisterns. Um, you want to see one of these, and yet she ran out of food and water. And, and you might ask, why didn't Abraham send her with enough? Uh, the text doesn't give us an answer there, but he didn't send them with enough. And she was at a point where there's no providing for the child, so she just set him down by a bush and began to cry because he's dehydrated. C- can you picture him? stumbling in the desert? Can, can, can you picture her wrapping her arms around him, d- dragging him over to a bush because he can't hold himself up anymore? This is a mother's love for her child. And every mother, whether they fed a baby, a bottle, or nursed that baby, they, they know that feeling of, I want to care for this baby. There's a bond forming there. I want to care for my child. And yet she could not. She, she was at the end of what she could do. And because of her great love for her son, that just tore her apart. Mothers, again, we want to honor you because you have this, this, uh, this ability, this instinct that I am going to care for the needs of my children. That, that is such a high priority to you that when you can't do it, we know it hurts you. We know it hurts you. Because that's what's in you to provide. She couldn't do it. 
And so, uh, mothers, this morning, uh, we want to highlight Hagar because she's an example of a woman who loved her son in the face of impossible circumstances. And we have our own set of circumstances today that make things hard. And yet, mothers, you never quit. So we honor you today. I want to also honor the Lord in this passage and see what he did. In this passage, you can conclude from the evidence that God is incredibly gracious in the face of the impossible. Mothers love in the face of the impossible. Uh, God, in a similar way, is gracious in the face of the impossible. When, when you're at the end and you say, I can't do any more, watch, see what God does. Watch for his grace. Look at what he does here in this passage. First of all, he hears our cries. That's verse 17. If you want to look at that, it says, God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What's the matter, Hagar? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Now, you might say, isn't that interesting? Because uh, it says in verse 16, Hagar began to sob. And I've been calling attention to her tears up to this point, but God calls attention to the boy's crying. Why is that? Well, certainly the passage here is focusing on what God is going to do in the life of Ishmael. He's going to make Ishmael into a great nation. And we know Ishmael is the father of the Arab nations. They trace their lineage back to Ishmael and Abraham. Here's another reason, though, I think God said, I heard the boy crying. Do you know what the name Ishmael means? It means God will hear. God will hear. That was his name. And God heard him crying. He's saying, you know, you know what they say about me? I'm the God who hears. And I heard. And, and, and you know, that is the thing we need to keep reminding ourselves, mothers, to remind you of today. That, that when you can't control a relationship, when when you can no longer do and only love, when that's all you've got left is, is I love but I can't, uh, you remind yourself that your prayers are heard by God. He hears every one of them and He cares about what's going on in your life. He sees it. He hears it. Remind yourself of that. That nothing is impossible for Him. The second way we see God's grace. So God hears us. That's an act of grace. He hears us. He sees what's going on. Uh, God's, the second act we see God being gracious with her is God has a plan for our future. That's verse 18. Lift up the boy up and take him by the hand. I will make him into a great nation. God still has a plan in the face of the impossible. You know? I mean, I, I know some stories end tragically, and yet we still have to have hope that God is the God who has a plan for us. He doesn't force His plan onto us, but if we'll accept His plan, He will lead us in it. Mothers, for some of you, I hope that gives you encouragement today. Whatever's going on right now, God's not done. God's not done. Keep loving, keep being faithful to love well, and God's not done He's got a plan. And it looked like Ishmael's plan was over. 
But it wasn't. It wasn't. Hold on to those words. Finally, God is gracious by providing for their deepest needs. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water, so she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. When you are at the end, mothers, of what you can do, and you can do a lot, we know that, and we're going to bless you in a minute and talk about some of those things you've done. But, but when you can't do any more, God can keep on. When you have sleepless nights, concern for your children, God is actively at work. You see, God provides for our needs. And when we think there's no hope, there it is. I look at this picture, you know, of, of the cisterns, and I'm thinking, man, I wouldn't really blame her for not spotting one of these, you know? <laughs> uh, they do kind of blend into the surroundings. And so God opened her eyes to see that where she had stopped, actually there was a cistern right there. There was a well, and it saved their lives. This is what God does. This is what God does. In Galatians, I'll have you go to Galatians for a second. Uh, Galatians chapter 4 mentions Hagar and Sarah, interestingly enough, and I think it's worth looking at. Galatians 4, verse 21. Ah, this is a totally different topic, and I'm not going to give you a ton of background, but just, just a little bit of saying Galatians is all about do we have to follow the law to be saved, to be truly part of the people of God? And Paul's answer is no. So he says in verse 21, Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it's written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman, other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh. But his son by the free woman was born as a result of the divine promise. Meaning, Sarah couldn't have kids, she's too old. And it took God's miraculous promise to do something there. These things are being taken figuratively. These women represent two covenants. One covenant's from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem. Boy, there's a lot there, but I'm not going to unpack everything there. Uh, she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother. For it says, Be glad, barren woman, you who never born a child. Shout for joy and cry aloud, you who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than her who has a husband. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It's the same now. What does the Scripture say? Get rid of that slave woman and her son. For the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. God had a plan. And in that plan was for Abraham and Sarah to have a son. He promised them that. And even though Abraham and Sarah went tried to go around that plan and introduced Hagar into things, God still had a plan. His purpose stands. And his purpose is meant Hagar and Ishmael should leave. And even if you say, Sarah, that was mean, you shouldn't have done that, it's still that 
that statement fit into God's purposes, as difficult as what they were. And yet God was still able to act graciously in it. And now let me leave you with this, because it says, we are not children of the slave woman. We are children of the free woman. Mothers. Mothers. If God is that gracious to the slave woman who is not part of the divine plan to redeem humanity, if he is that good to Hagar and Ishmael, how much more to you, mothers and children of the promise? He will be good to you. You are part of this whole thing, part of this family. Let's pray. Jesus, uh, I thank you for Hagar's story. I thank you that that she was a a woman that was facing incredibly difficult situations. And, And God, I know that there are mothers in this community and maybe in this church that face such hard, hard things that they have no control over. God, I pray that you would that you would be gracious to them. That you would pour out your grace and they would know that you still have a plan and your plans stand. I pray for those of us in the church that have very stable relationships and, and, and there's a lot going on well, that we would love others well that are facing difficulties in this life that we would be the church of free people called all together under your promise to enjoy your blessings, to enjoy your grace and love. Help us be a blessing to others. I'm thinking just because Hagar was, re- was related to Abraham, because Ishmael was Abraham's son, you poured out great blessings. I pray that the people that come in contact with us would also sense great blessing by knowing us and that that would lead some to give their life to you. I thank you for our mothers and I pray that they are honored well today as the gifts that they are who love in the face of the impossible. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. What we want to do now, mothers,